0: Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Week after week,
1: Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box.
0: to this week's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. I'm your host, Barbara Savona, and today I have a special treat for you. Over the years, you guys have continued to ask for more training on leadership, and we have brought that to you, but I wanted to do something different for 2023. So my idea was to have someone actually build out a course on leadership for multifamily housing that was a program that would build on each other, so actionables each month, that you could use to build your leadership style, to help build a team, grow your teams, keep them engaged, deal with difficult things like hiring and firing and culture and all the things that come, the messy things that come with being a leader. And so that's what we're doing. In 2023, we have partnered with Bill Nye to build a course called Building Leaders with Bill Nye. It will be a 14 part series that is actually starting in November of 2022 and will go through the end of the year next year. And this is an exclusive thing for our Sprout members, our paid members, but I want to give you guys a behind the scenes to see how awesome this program is going to be. Not only will each module build on the next, but there'll be printable worksheets that you can use to really dig into the material, make it your own, and grow your team and your leadership style. So today is part one of this episode. I want you guys to really get to see the greatness that is Bill Nye. So without further ado, I want you guys to join me for my interview with Bill Nye on what is culture. So excited about this new series, Building Leaders with Bill Nye. When I thought about doing this for our Sprout community, you were the first person that came to mind because I've seen the impact that you've had on your teams, on your culture. And so I'm just so excited. I want to welcome you.
1: Well, thank you, Barbara. I'm excited to be doing this and uh, excited to be sharing some of this You know leadership and and how to build a a a great healthy culture with with your subscribers and your your audience
0: well i can't wait you know we talk about culture people throw this buzzword around and sometimes i think it's lost its power a little bit so when we think about culture where do we start where do you want to start this conversation
1: yeah i think that's a great point you know it is a word that we we all use and i hear people say you know i love our culture uh, but if you ask people to define their culture and what they did to create that, the truth of the matter is very few organizations, you know, can really answer that question. So in preparation for this video, I decided that I would reach out to people that I, I know and respect. Uh, these are business leaders, they're executives, they're college educated. And I thought, I'll pose the question to them to see what they say. And so I asked them, what is your definition of culture? Not Not, you know, your company culture. I don't want you to do a Google word search or go to a dictionary. I just want you to tell me what you think culture means. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share these with with you and with your audience. Because I find these very interesting. So, you know, I reached out to uh, Katina Reinhardt who uh, runs a property management company in North Carolina uh, called Sweetwater. And uh, she said, it's a set of predominating attitudes and behavior that characterize, sorry, that's not what she said. (laughs) Okay. um, no this is the american heritage dictionary of the english language fifth (laughs) edition Um, as i started to read it's like whoop that's that's not what she said okay let's get to what katina actually said she said it's what you do when you meet people or talk about your job or family and friends and here's the part i like she said culture is the fire that creates the passion to achieve long-term goals (laughs) now when i think about fire you know fire Uh, You know, does a lot of good. It heats water, it sterilizes it, uh, you know, we cook with it. But fire, if not contained and used in the right, you know, fire creates light, but if not used in the right way, fire can be destructive, it can destroy. And I think that that's really good when you think about culture, because not every culture is good. Not every culture is lighting the fire in a good way. Sometimes the fire is actually destroying, you know, the organization, destroying people, destroying people's lives and dreams. Then uh, Chris Hazlett, who's vice president for LeaseLock, uh, Chris said, "It's the atmosphere to dr- to drive innovation and push each other to new heights without the fear of being judged." And and much like Katina, he went on to say, "It's the heartbeat of an organization." I like that, and I I do too. And you know, it's funny that both Chris and Katina are looking at culture in a positive way, and and not looking at it as you know something that could be toxic and 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 actually bad. Um, then I reached out to Greg Warner. Now, Greg's an interesting guy. He has a, a background in science. And uh, so he's, he's uh, founded a new company, a startup company called Revy. Uh, it's a revenue management tool. And, um, you know, Greg told the story of when he was in college, uh, they were, you know, they were doing some stem cell research in the lab. Uh, you know, he has, a, as I said, he has a, a background in science and biology. And he talked about how he went into the lab one day to do some research and he failed to wash his hands. Oh. And when he grabbed the petri dish, he had bacteria on his hands. Of course, he couldn't see it, but that bacteria killed everything in the Petri dish. And oh I thought, wow. God.
0: So it was that, like lack of balance there.
1: Right. So it plays perfectly with what Greg said. Greg said culture is a team effort, helping each other and balancing workload. You just said the word balance. Balancing workload, proactively addressing issues that could have a negative impact on the company. Culture should produce harmony in the workplace, but it only takes one person to disrupt or destroy the harmony.
0: Man, that is so true. We all, we've all worked with that one person that has really kind of ruined a good thing.
1: Right, it, it, absolutely. It makes sense that he would he would look at it. You know, both uh, culture can be good, but culture can also be bad. Mm-hmm. From his own experience of having that bacteria on his yeah. hands and killing everything within that culture, um, you know, Matt Miller, who is uh, Vice President of Operations uh, for Signature Management in Virginia Beach, said, "Culture represents how we interact with other people, and it certainly is. It drives the way that we treat our customers. It drives the way we treat our employees." Now, this next one's a little lengthier. This is from Richard Roos, who is the CEO of Venterra. Now, Richard is a Canadian. So let's hear okay, what the Canadians have to say. Okay, let's get the say.
0: Canadian we gotta, input on right. culture. We've got to let
1: Canada represent, right? So he said, culture is the personality of the organization rooted in a common set of values. Mm. He said that sets the environment for what everyone experiences, good or bad. So Richard understands that culture can be really healthy or, or can also be toxic. He said, when done well, it's the foundation of an organization that pulls together when strength is needed, uh, can grow without compromising its values, and improves the lives of everyone who interacts with it. Over the long term, a company's culture is the key ingredient to delivering exceptional performance relative to peers. Wow. And so you know, I thought this was really well thought out. You know, it's got a lot of the same components that Greg and, and Matt and Katina and Chris have shared But then, you know, like Greg, he also sees that, you know, it's not necessarily going to be something that is going to be healthy. And then finally, Andrea Hood, who's a vice president of Burger-Rental Communities uh, near uh, near Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, said, it's a day-to-day feeling you experience within an organization and sense of or lack of security within your role.
0: Wow. So it's a, so, I, I've, that I've never heard somebody bring in the lack of security yeah, as part right. of how the culture is like how somebody would feel about how their what their job is and if it's secure or not.
1: Right. And so if you have an unhealthy or, uh, culture, then, you know, you go to work every day, you know, with that pit in your stomach, like it's Sunday night and I got to go to work tomorrow. Like Ugh. just, you know, because you don't feel good about what you're you're going to be able to accomplish or what's going to happen that day. Uh, The final one is from Paul Caliades, who is the uh, president of Renters Legal Liability out of Utah. And and Paul's an interesting guy. He's got a great story. So Paul actually is a graduate of Columbia University, played football there, is actually in their Football Hall of Fame. And his senior year at Columbia, he received two Heisman Trophy votes. So here's a guy who is not only an accomplished businessman, but he's also an accomplished athlete. And so I was really interested to hear what Paul had to say. And he said... Uh, He used one word that nobody else used that I thought was really important. Paul said, culture is a compilation and correlation of a cross-section of life's institutions. Now, here's the word, norms, beliefs, and values. And I thought it was interesting that he used the word norms. Because just because something may be normal in that organization doesn't mean that it's good or healthy, right? No. Sometimes we accept things as normal that we should never accept within the culture of an organization.
0: Yeah, I, I specifically remember working with a management company where it was acceptable for the CEO to just scream the F word at his employees. And I remember talking to one of the employees and she said, you know, I, I've never worked for a company where this was normal, but I guess here it is. And I remember saying to her, just because it is accepted here doesn't make it normal or right. And she could feel that lack of alignment. But you're right. it's It is norms that develop that create what a company's culture is. That's
1: so good. Sure. And when you think about culture in terms of a company's culture, or excuse me, a country's culture, you can go to one country and they eat things that we like, ooh, I would never (laughs) eat that. But it's normal to eat there. And then we do things that people in other countries like, oh, you crazy Americans, why don't you do that? So we begin to accept things as normal. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's not good. So in in really diving into this, uh, I think it's important for the audience to truly understand what what culture is. And so I define culture in three ways. And what I'd like to do now is talk about these, th- these three things, these three components that make up a company culture. Okay.
0: I think that'd be great because I think sometimes people think of culture as this ambiguous, vague thing. And I know in talking to you, you actually have it where it, 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 it is a feeling, but it's a feeling because of some very strategic things that are happening. So I, yes, please share those with us.
1: Yeah. The feeling is a byproduct of what you're doing. Yeah. create that feeling. And so here they are. Number one, it's, it's what you expect. Every organization has expectations. But what is it that you expect? If you're going to come work for me, what do I expect of you? Not only from a performance standpoint, but also from a behavior standpoint. And so it's your expectations. Now, How does a company become specific about their expectations? And I I wrote down three ways. Number one, your KPIs, Mm -hmm. you know, your key performance indicators. These are my expectations. These are my performance expectations, if you will, my benchmarks and my metrics, you know, the things I'm going to compare you to. So we have these KPIs, these are sort of the, you know, the expectations in terms of of, of hitting the pinnacle of performance, but then I also have some benchmarks and some metrics in place to tell, you know, where you stand in terms of these expectations, not only against, you know, yourself, but also against your peers right. and against the industry. And so I think it's important that not only do I have my own KPIs, but I also have my benchmarks and my metrics to say, okay, are are we outperforming? Uh, you know, are you the top performer in our organization within this department, within this division, within this region? And and are we outperforming our competitors because of you know we use benchmarks and metrics to to uh, you know to to gauge that or to judge that. And and then number three, certainly your budgets. Your budgets are also an expectation. And so companies that are really strong, uh, building a strong culture. You know, they're really good about articulating and communicating and explaining and training these three things. The team really understands why the budget is important. And, you know, one of the things I've often told my teams is, you know, respect the budget, but don't be held hostage by it. You know, the budget is, is an expectation, but sometimes you got to say, Hey, look, we didn't plan for this, but we can't ignore this. So we got to do this. Right. And, but we're very clear about that so that uh, the team understands those expectations. There's, there's no confusion because we're very clear. They're very clear about where they stand because we're very good about communicating our benchmarks and our metrics. And, and we're really good about teaching, communicating and broadcasting our KPIs and where you, why these KPIs matter. And so healthy organizations are really good about communicating very clearly and also very consistently on a regular basis what we expect.
0: And I think that people nope. also feel like safe when they know what is expected, right? I mean, do you find that to be true that if I know what is expected of me, there isn't a just, what's what's the feeling today? I know we'll talk more right. about those things, but it, it is very right. like, okay, there's no lack of clarity.
1: Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, great organizations. People need to know this. They need to know what's expected. You know, listen, this is what we were taught from the minute we enter kindergarten. Right. So from kindergarten all the way through high school graduation, it's all about expectations and it's clearly communicated. Then we go to work as adults. Our brains are trained. We are preconditioned, you know, to have expectations clearly communicated. You go into the into the business world and all of a sudden it's like, no, you know, you don't need to know this anymore. Yes, you do. Yeah, That, that should never go away. It should always be a part of our life. Okay. number two is what you'll tolerate or won't tolerate. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, we're clear about what we expect, but we're also clear about those 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 social norms within our organization, mm-hmm. you know, that Paul has talked about with the norms. Now we're going to be very clear about our social norms, what we'll tolerate, what we won't tolerate. You know, it's funny, you know, one of the things that I found in, in really strong cultures, healthy cultures, is that pe- they'll tolerate mistakes, but they won't tolerate Violating the va- the company values, and and so you know there's a there may be a price to pay for a mistake. It's like speeding, okay? Um, you know you're not you're not banned from the planet for speeding. You got to pay a price, but you can still drive tomorrow. You just have to deal with the consequences. Right. But if you violate our core values, if you violate you know our values as an organization, you. T- We, we, we take your car, we take your driver's license, you know, we ban you. It's over. You never drive here ever again. It's over. And so how those values,
0: I'm sorry, Bill. So those values are more than just words on a wall. They really are the guiding principles of everything people do in the company.
1: They are embedded into our culture. They are, they are a part of our identity and there's no escaping that. And so how do companies clearly, effectively, consistently uh, communicate what will be tolerated and what won't be tolerated? Well, there are a couple of ways. Number one, your employee handbook. Number two, your, your company SOPs, policies and procedures. Number three, your core values. And then number four, sorry about that. I thought I turned my ringer off. Number four, your hiring practices. Because you know, what kind of people are you hiring? And, and you know, that also says what we'll tolerate and won't tolerate. Now, look, just because somebody had a bad experience someplace else doesn't make them a bad person. I've often said that America's filled with people who are millions of people who are happily married for the second time. Mm-hmm. You know, the last relationship was not the right relationship, but that doesn't mean that this relationship won't be great. But there's a, it's different between, you know, hiring someone who, you know, didn't fit a culture versus hiring somebody who created or committed some heinous act, you know, uh, sexual harassment, stealing, lying, you know, verbal abuse, that sort of thing. If you hire those folks into your company, well, that says an awful lot about your culture. And it says that you'll, you'll, that you put profits and performance over everything. And I think it's important that you're clear about that. And then number three, how you treat one another. Now, how do you measure how a company treats one another? Well, number one, their marketing message. Watch, you know, marketing is saying to the, to, the, to the general public, if you become our customer, this is how we will treat you, right? Right. And so what is the real message behind their marketing? What is the message behind their marketing when they're trying to recruit? And so I always say, you can pay really close attention to a company's marketing message that will tell you an awful lot about their culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, how do they reward and compensate their team? Uh, You know, that says an awful lot too. their rewards and recognition programs. You know, a lot of companies put high premium or value on employee tenure. I don't. Now I I get that tenure is important. I want and need people to work for me for a really long time, but, you know, oftentimes what happens is you have somebody's worked for a company for fifteen years, and the truth is the only reason they still work there is because everybody's afraid to address the elephant in the room, that yeah, they are just a a, a a mean tyrant, and nobody wants to deal with that. So here it is. they're celebrating, hey, bring them up front at the company retreat, and let's give them a tenure award, and everybody's like, "Oh, I can't stand that person." Yeah. So what are you really recognizing and rewarding? Are you recognizing rewarding, you know, great service to your customers, uh, great service to one another, you know, high performance, or are you rewarding, you know, an unhealthy type of loyalty? Are you, are you rewarding tenure over everything else? You know, I've had people work for me and two months have a huge impact. I've had people work for me two years and they're just doing enough to keep their job. And so I think sometimes we have to be careful about you know, tenure and how we see that. And then finally, how does someone earn a promotion within your organization? Is it based on favoritism, politics, you know, uh, the buddy-buddy system? I like to gossip, you, you feed me lots of juicy information. And so I'm gonna promote you and reward you because you give me what I want. As opposed to, well, you, you, again, you're a high performer, you take great care of the customers, you take great care of your, of your teammates, and, uh, you know, you've earned the, the uh, promotion that way. So, you know, I think these are three things, uh, you know, to help us to understand what culture really is. Number one, what you expect. Number two, what you'll tolerate or won't tolerate. And number three, um, how you treat one another.
0: These are huge. And I think what you did was, again, you took something that could be vague. You gave us very specific. So what can those listening today, what can they walk away with? And how do they start really digging in and implementing if they don't know what's happening at their at their company?
1: Well, you know, so there are three questions I I want them to ask themselves. Number one, part of your culture supports performance. What part of your your culture is specifically to really support the type of performance that you want, as opposed to supporting personalities, supporting favoritism, supporting inter-office politics. Do you have part of your company culture that is specifically designed to support people's performance? Um, I've always been a big fan of you know of, of recognition programs that take everything else out and just say, hey, listen, if you want to be at the top, you got to do better because we recognize the people who, who are our best performers and we take all that other stuff and just get rid of it because it doesn't matter. So what part of your culture supports performance? Number two, what part of your culture gets in the way? Okay. Is there a part of your culture that's like, well, we've always done it this way, or this is my pet peeve, or this is my, my own personal feeling or, or like or dislike? Is it really serving your culture? Or is it more serving you and giving you a sense of security, giving you a sense of control? So what part of your culture is getting in the way? And number three, uh, what can you change now that will start to make things better tomorrow? You know, building a healthy culture is like farming. You plant the seed today, and now for the next several months, we're fertilizing, we're watering, we're weeding, we're, we're, we're cultivating. And, you know, we're doing these things to make sure that six months or three months, whatever the case might be, down the road, we actually get a really healthy uh, harvest. And so ask yourself these three questions, and it will really tell you whether or not you're on your on the way to building uh, a really good, healthy culture.
0: So this is a beautiful foundation for someone to just start with and to say, okay, we, I'm going to make sure that we have a little worksheet that people can kind of really dig into these three questions with their team see what is getting in the way, what is supporting it, really dig into this. So how are we going to build on this foundation? What is our part two?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So part two, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, culture and its impact on your business. And we're going to dive into whether or not, you, because everybody watching this video uh, has a culture, but the question is, is your culture intentional or unintentional? It's one or the other. You have a culture. We're going to talk about the difference between an intentional culture and the the benefits of that versus an unintentional culture and the consequences of that.
0: I'm so excited. And for everyone else, make sure that you tune in. We're going to be building every month on this foundation and really building leaders with Bill Nye. So thanks, Bill. And I can't wait till we dig into part two. Talk to you soon. All right, friends, I hope you have enjoyed our kickoff of Building Leaders with Bill Nye. If you're interested on getting this series, the complete series over 2023, plus all of the printable resources and worksheets to bring these ideas to life and bring these strategies to life at your community or your management company, go to watchyourbusinesssprout.com. You can click on membership in the um, navigation and learn a little bit more about all the exciting things that we have coming up for 2023. So if you're not part of our free community, go to trysproutfree.com. And guys, I'll see you next week on another, another episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You.